Hey, welcome to NSF. Just a quick message from the team before you dive into today's pod. Um, We don't often plug ourselves on the pod and we rarely ask much of you, the listener, but if you're listening now, have a think about leaving us a review or rating the pod on whatever platform you're listening. Whether it's Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you get hold of the pod, there's probably a little button somewhere that allows you to leave a review or a rating. These reviews and ratings help the pod get noticed by more people and it helps us to grow our audience. Or you can also get around it on social media and share stuff you see on the page. So if you've got a spare sec, think about doing that. We're super grateful to our loyal listeners. We thank you heaps for your support so far. Let's keep it going. Go Reds! Welcome to the 110th episode of the Night Shift Football Podcast. Uh, What's happening this week? Tommy and Cooper are with me. How are you doing, boys? Excellent. Yeah, good. Good as always, Sammy. Yep, Sam, really good. Can't wait to uh, talk about football. Good enthusiasm. Yeah, love it. You sound great. Cooper's one step away already from being muted, I think. He's got one strike in him, I think, tonight, and he's off. Um, We'll start with uh, Italy, if you don't mind, guys. Uh, Juve Napoli, you caught some of this, Tommy. Oh yeah, I love this. This is this is my jam. Watching Napoli almost throw away. Well, I mean they throw away the Champions League, and so that you know blows out my theory that they're the best team in Europe. Well, but then throw to it away, threw it away, beaten by a better team. Maybe what is that the angle you want to take? I would take that angle that Milan were better on the day, but. Mm. Well, on both days, definitely on the both first days. day. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Um, and to see them come so close. Well, I mean, they're not going to throw the league away, are they? But to give Juventus a sniff like that. I mean, what was your what was your favourite disallowed Juventus goal this week? <laughs> um, I do love Di Maria coming off the bench, scoring in the eighty second minute to seemingly win the game, and. Um, the scenes that followed this goal, huge. Of course, Juve, we haven't even mentioned that they, for the time being, have been given their points back mm. that they lost earlier yeah. in the season. Her um, appeal. I wonder how that's going to go. <laughs> and then the goal was disallowed uh, for what I would say is a pretty soft foul. I don't know about you. Would you have called it? No, not at all. No. Isn't there? Isn't there some kind of preconception that the the VAR in uh, Italy is is quite soft on appeal. They they do go looking for it. Perhaps for the foul, definitely uh, the slightest bit of contact they'll call a foul. Um, so that's been given the foul, and then the ninety third minute Raspadori pops up and scores a winner for Napoli at the other end, and there just some absolute scenes follow Napoli right on the verge now of wrapping up the Scudetto, um, and Allegri lost the plot and went all salt, full salty. Oh, how good was that? Did you see that, Coop? I put that in the chat. That was hilarious. No. He doesn't read the stuff we post. No. I usually chat. just assume. <laughs> I see Tom's little icon and I'm like, oh, that's Leeds related. I'll get to that. Never. <laughs> uh, Allegri, Allegri left the field um, really spitefully and uh, trying to discredit Napoli's achievement this season and just Do you reckon being it was spiteful. It was, it was more petty. It just seemed like he was just being passive an absolute, aggressively. An absolute baby. Yeah, um, throwing a tantrum. But there, that's that's uh, Syria this week, I guess. Atalanta beat Roma three one, which throws a spanner in the works. Um, it puts Roma down to fifth now, 
With Juve getting their points back, that puts them third. Milan fourth into sixth. Can you believe that all of a sudden? So, I don't know. Can we just spend a moment on this Juve thing? They've got their points back. What Do you have any initial thoughts on this, Tommy? It definitely adds credence to like uh, Milan trying to win the Champions League to make the Champions League. Maybe they, they had a suspicion all along that these points were going to get given back to them and they didn't think they can like withstand a league campaign to get in there. Uh, but look, I don't know. It's weird to, I don't, I can't think of a previous example where this has happened, where on appeal they've decided to give back what they've already taken away. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do it in the first instance then if there was always a chance you could get it back? Yeah, it seems to me that the points should never have been, never have been taken off them to begin with until everything was all confirmed and like if they can just appeal it and get them back while we wait for them to do the rest of the like what's going to happen they do more investigating and then take them off them again like what they should have just left it as is it's just been a mess um italians flying off the handle and you know there you go that's <laughs> that is just syria i can say that i'm a syria lover that's that's just how it goes though they, uh, you watch you, these you've games. Got a, you've got a Sammy. You've got Italian friends. That's why you can say it. Yeah, you watch these games. Um, you see like Allegri's reaction, things like that. Um, you watch these one nil games where, when the big teams play each other, and it's more of a. You said it to me once a few years ago that it was more like theatre than it was football, and it really is. It's so dramatic and over the top. Um, people just love flying off the handle, and that includes the authorities who have just whipped away fifteen points from Juve and now just dished them all back. Like it's nothing. Take them back. Yeah. Um, Coppa Italia is this week. Just a quick mention. Um, Interplay Juve tomorrow. In that we're recording the Wednesday night on the eve of the big Man City Arsenal game, which we'll get to later. But uh, Inter and Juve currently at one one, I believe. Yeah, one one going into the second leg, which is in Milan. Uh, Two legged semi finals for the Coppa Italia. And the other one you'd be surprised to know is Fiorentina and Cremonese. Do you know much about these two? Uh, I've got like an, an encyclopedic knowledge of Cremonese. Oh, I um, thought you did. Take us through this it. This is one of the, yeah, this is one. No, nah, I just, I feel like I'd be showing off oh, okay. if I, if I no, delve too deeply into it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to upshow anyone here, but yeah, no, very keen to see them, fight, uh, ju- you know, duke it out. It is interesting to see two different teams uh, this far into the competition. Uh, we've had similar in the FA Cup with Sheffield United and Brighton making it to the semis, I guess, um, in England. But uh, in Italy, Fiorentina, it's worth mentioning. They are a bit of a fun club. They were Their last trophy was in 2001. And in that team was one uh, Enrico Chiesa, whose son now plays for Juventus and did play for Fiorentina. They also had uh, Milan... Champions League winner uh, Manuel Rui Costa was in that team. Um, they won the Coppa Italia in 2001 and then were relegated the following season to Serie C for bankruptcy. Oh, so, nice. There you go. And now they're back. So um, just more, I guess it's just more Italian football things, really. That should yeah. be a hashtag, Italian football teams. Italian football, yeah. It, it's just it's such a shame for Fiorentina that they didn't have like Hollywood actors being able to back them uh, mm. to success after that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If only, if only every every club could. Mm. Yeah, we could all just enlist 
I was going to say Oscar winner, but the guy's not even close. He's not even funny. I'm talking about Ryan Reynolds. If you're listening to this, Ryan Reynolds, you're not funny. Um, Has he won an Oscar? Nah, it doesn't matter. Nah, no fucking way. Surely not. Criminal, if so. Bundesliga, just before we get on to Premier League, I know you're all waiting. Cooper's sitting there quietly muted like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> um, I thought you did that. I thought he'd already stayed his welcome. Bayern Munich have gifted Dortmund with yet another opportunity to see how they can throw away a Bundesliga title. And that the big question I have going into this week is how are Dortmund going to fuck it up this time? Yes. What is the most egregious way they can throw it away? I'm looking I'm looking over their last few games. What would be the biggest? Would it be just like losing to Mainz on the last day? Like they win every game, them and Bayern till the last fixture, and then yeah. poof, they throw it away. Well, it was Mainz who just upset Bayern on the weekend, scoring three in the last half hour. To win three one, um, good. But it, would, it, in them. it wouldn't surprise me if it was just straight away this weekend again. <laughs> they play, I think they play Bochum, yeah, away, yeah, Bochum yeah away. who are who are awful. Um, well, they're they're fifteenth, but they're not good. Um, but I could still just see it happening. You just never know with this Dortmund team. Uh, Bayern, I guess we can have another giggle at them after the the antics that went on with Nagelsmann. What is happening with this Tuchel appointment? I don't. It seems so. It, it like it seems like it should fit and it should work and like it almost made sense on paper why you would do it, irrespective of Nagelsmann's good record. If you've got an issue with his profile, I guess. I mean, there's nothing he there's nothing he can do about that in that moment. So you may as well just leave the club because why would you have bosses like that? But for Tuchel, he seems like the company man, like straight down the line, do whatever he says, play the players that are signed. So why isn't it working? Is he a fraud? Are we adding Tuchel to the fraud list? Oh, it's tempting to add him to the fraud list. I'm trying to think what he achieved at PSG. He won a league, right? He likely won the league, which, you know, <laughs> so you should. Um, <laughs> it's like a toy out of a fucking kinder surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's expected. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Keen to see how this plays out. Bayern just, uh, they brought Mane straight back into the team and he scored on the weekend after his uh, suspension fun. and after punching Leroy Sane in the face. Uh, more of that, Bayern. More of this fucking everything up because I feel like Dortmund have still got points to drop in them. So <laughs> we'll see. Good. Um, Let's move it over. Premier League football, we can finally turn it into a three-man pod because Cooper can stop being a snob pretending he That's doesn't right. watch any other league in the world. Cooper, are you still with us? I am, I am. I was just sitting there wondering the off the back of off the back of their form, do we think the the Bayern sacked Thomas Tuchel at season's end and he ends up managing Chelsea before the start of the next Premier League season? Jesus. Oh, that's, that's sick. Idea. That's some <laughs> sick fan fiction you've got going on there. Starts the season with Chelsea again. Oh, Imagine. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh. I'd do it. Yeah, I'd do it. And Grant, what, Graham Potter goes to Bayern? I guess so. They seem like a project club. They could do with him. They could have fat, fat Frank at Bayern. That could be some, something to to ponder upon. Yes, oh. do that, actually. Send Frank, because he, he's he's clearly shit. Like, <laughs> he clearly can't manage. Um, send him. Send him to Bayern. Let him unravel them. Um, let's talk United Kingdom football. Let's actually get this out of the way. Instead of doing Premier League, I actually want to mention... 
we just touched on it before because Tommy's as salty as I am about it. But Cooper, you're a big, big Wrexham fan, aren't you? Huge Wrexham fan. Why? Love him. I don't know. Why not? What is it why, you enjoy why, why about why this story? Why can you not get around him? I don't know. I was enjoying Take- all the attention on the um on the national league and and the uh the piss documentary that none of us enjoyed, even though my like for Wrexham is the only time that my partner has ever sat down and watched anything football related for more than five minutes with me. So that was a good time. Um, I don't know. I was enjoying the attention on the national league, but like, like Tommy said, does it all just, does it all just go away and end now? Do we go back to no one caring about the national league? It sounds like Wrexham is, um, like the football version of Farmer wants a wife. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not here for it whatsoever. This kind of enjoyable, uh, everyone loves football now. Let's sit down at 7 p.m. and watch how this actual professional team or now professional team go out there and try and play for their livelihood and, you know, acclaim glory. The National League was professional, wasn't it? Is it semi-pro? It's semi-professional at the moment, yeah. I think you get into the Football League to get pro. Right. Um, I just, my biggest gripe, I don't understand this week. I've seen so many little pieces from Twitter and all over social media. Everyone's acting like it's the biggest underdog story or some massive fairy tale thing. Like there's nothing fairy tale about this. It's like people with lots of money bought a soccer club and helped them win. It's no different to what we see at the top end of the pyramid. It's it's funny that they've been able to do it, actually, Deadpool and the other guy. And, like, the class of 92 can do it with Salford for some reason. <laughs> they've hit a snag point. These guys are supposed to be, like, footballing dynasty. That is funny. We get to see a wonderful a wonderful derby between the two of them next year for you, Tom. You'll be able to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, in the morning and watch Wrexham and their Hollywood cash up against the class of 92 in League 2. It just wow. doesn't it doesn't it just warm every sinew of your body in excitement. I'm so excited already. They're very um I know we don't we don't do a lot of gambling chat on, on this pod, but the way that you can tell that Wrexham winning this league was not a fairy tale is the fact that they've already opened a market with Wrexham at three fifty to win League Two next season. <laughs> they're not winning they're not winning League Two. That's so gullible. But you know, they'll they'll probably catch a few people doing that. Oh, for sure they will. For sure. They're they not winning League Two, are they? Nah, you wouldn't think so. I mean, it was like I mean, it uh, depends. There was a what few... investment are they going to put in there? Well, that's it. It was like twenty six bucks to get relegated and a dollar seventy to finish in the top seven. Okay, that's rough. That's so short. Insanity. It seems insane. Yeah, I, I guess I mean like the investment's already there with Paul Mullen. I mean, he mm. scored. He's the big money maker part of this. He scored thirty odd goals in League One, and then had a bunch of championship sides after him and dropped himself two divisions. Right. And then what almost got 40 goals this season. Did yes. you, um, 38 goals in 45 matches. He's been great. He's a good striker. Did you, and on, in a similar vein, did you see that they're starting a campaign to get Gareth Bale to go there? Seems. What do you think of that? Gareth Bale dropping down to league two and playing for Wrexham. I mean, he's, he's Welsh. So I, this kind of makes sense. Why not? What's golf like in Wrexham? <laughs> <laughs> not as lit as the live tour, I've heard. Well, live tour is lit. That's another story. Um, let's do Premier League. Of course, Premier League fantasy. 
We didn't give an update last week, but uh, Toddy leads the way still. I don't know if anyone's going to beat him. He's got a good 41-point lead at the moment at the top, and um, I'm not sure he can be caught. So, uh, Todd, if you're listening, keep going. You've got this. Uh, it'll make it, it really conveniently. It'll make it real convenient for me to just drive the trophy around to your house. All right? Good point. So that's, that's, it's probably the most convenient person on this list for me to get the trophy too. All right? So you keep going. Win it. There's some, there's some good potential for like uh, cross-content sharing as well, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, hit us up, man. Let's do a crossover. Fuck. I want to tell you about my... Uh, <laughs> I want to tell you about my gambling ideas. Anyway. Uh, I've got... And we've got a really good idea for what the trophy should be now, which we'll, we'll tease we out in the next oh, couple we? of weeks. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, we spoke it about now? it. No, we spoke about a pre-pod. Did we? I think uh, a really yeah. good idea to make the trophy for the NSF uh, Fantasy League. Okay, well, why don't you share the idea? No, 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 because it's better oh. than just like, it's better than a trophy. It's better than something that, mm. like a cup or whatever or, you know, a guide kicking a football. This is like a tangible thing that, you know, you'll enjoy. So, yeah, win. That's motivation, win. I can't wait to hear this idea that we discussed before the pod apparently yeah you're all over it don't worry it's yeah, in the minutes. Right. sick uh let's do the actual games now arsenal drew with southampton i delayed that as long as i could inserting all sorts of other shit in here but arsenal have gone and fucking blown the league drawn three all at home to southampton it's done it's all over it's dust southampton are fucking awful but arsenal are just capitulating the goals they've conceded recently are disgusting particularly that first one that Aaron Ramsdale gave away. Um, needless, and they're fucked. That's all I got. <laughs> it's still in your hands. Why Why are you saying it's all over? It's also in City's hands. Nah, if you win all six, bang. Well, they've got eight. Um, yeah, but they can't overhaul you because you have to, if you beat them tomorrow morning, they can't come back if you win every game uh, after that. They're not going to win every game. Why not? It's still in your hands. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but That's- it doesn't matter. That's loser mentality, Sammy. Doesn't matter. Do you have anything on Arsenal Southampton? I just one funny note I had was Theo Walcott putting putting Southampton two 0 up in the in the fourteenth minute, and he tried so hard not to celebrate. And then I don't even know if he he has any understanding of what was happening. But Carlos Alcaraz launched himself from about three meters behind Theo Walcott onto his back and was riding him like a pony in front of the fucking end of the Arsenal ground. And Theo's just trying not to laugh and smile so he can can dodge the celebration as hard as he can. But Alcaraz wasn't for it at all. I think the only positive to take if you're an Arsenal fan, I guess, is uh, you could look at look at the points dropped, but you could also look at the amount of points gained um, from the 80th minute onwards this season, from which there have been quite a few for Arsenal. So, I mean, had they not salvaged a bunch of draws or late wins, uh, they wouldn't even be in the position they're in right now. So, yeah, it's still there. Um, obviously, in the morning, by the time people hear this, Arsenal will have played Man City in the morning. Um, just quickly, I guess, Man City cruising through in the FA Cup on the weekend against Sheffield United. Not much to say about that. How do you think they go in the morning? Do you, uh, do you, do you want yeah. Arsenal to win, Sammy? Is this, <laughs> is this a scenario? What do you mean? You, this gives me real... 
I have this real PTSD of the Gerard slip year where we played Liverpool played Man City six weeks out from the end of the season and we beat them three two, and I was on finally we were back above them on top of the mountain ready to go and then and then we threw it away against teams that weren't Man City. Would you rather just lose in the morning and get it over with, or? <laughs> Yes, I would rather just lose 4 0 in the morning and get it over with. <laughs> I don't want to beat City and then go to Newcastle and lose 6 1. Go to Leeds on the last day of the season, bottle the league. Oh and, my God, I can imagine. Keep them up. <laughs> yeah, and keep Leeds up. Fuck. I am so wet right now. <laughs> I think I I do. I think Arsenal, uh, Arsenal will get absolutely blown away in the morning. I just don't oh, think City are turning it on. City are turning it on. Arsenal don't have enough to go with him. The big one for me is Saliba is out, and it looks like he's out for the rest of the season, which means Rob Holding plays. And Rob Holding is, as much as I like the guy, he's he's depth, a little bit of depth. He is, he's not not good enough. Otherwise, he he'd would be, have been. He'd be he'd be fucking great at Leeds. He would have started <laughs> a lot more football for Arsenal over the last few seasons. He would be fucking great at Leeds. But you've got Luke Ailing, so that's that's why. Um, yeah, one of my one of my Arsenal supporting mates at, at training tonight showed me a, a TikTok after training that was like the rock with this real stark face on with the caption, my face when I realised that my mental health for the next six months is in the hands of Rob Samuel holding this evening. Yeah, he's not horrible, but he's just, he's not at that level. Have, to, have we, you know. Have we ever seen a situation and will we ever see a situation again where the league leaders with six games to go are uh, at $6 odds to win a game of football. It's just the city machine, isn't it? <laughs> it's That's just what it is. It's, it's all about the city machine. Fucking insane, and I hate it so much. I think I said I it personally, last week I was sick of this club. I, bro, I think it's overs. That shit's overs. Arsenal can get a, Arsenal can get a result out of this. Arsenal and draw. <laughs> Shut up, man. Arsenal can do it, man. They've got to rise from the depth and clutch their opportunity because... This is the this is the big question: is do you think Arsenal can recreate this next season and go one better and actually no. knock City off? So no. this is the chance. So this is it. I, I don't see a, any world where City don't just keep winning things. I had an Arsenal supporter try and hype me up for a four thirty a.m. casino appearance this morning <laughs> with when was the last time and when will the next time be that Arsenal have a meaningful loss? Oh, oh that's so harsh. <laughs> This guy, his club went like 30 years <laughs> milling around, killing football fans in other countries. <laughs> and, you, and you wanna and you wanna fucking nah fuck. I'm muting this guy again. <laughs> that's there it, we go. That's one. He's uh He's done it. He gave us nothing when we talked Syria, Bundesliga. He just sits there and waited. And then he threw his hands in the air with enjoyment when we mentioned Wrexham. Fuck this guy. Get him off our pod. Go back to your fringe show. Um, oh, brother. He just sat there with that with that gun cocked. And it- I want to mention, because um, obviously we did mention City, um, their FA Cup game on the weekend against Sheffield. Uh, what do we make of, I saw this going around about Wembley being nowhere near full. Um, do we need to move the FA Cup semis back to... Still at a neutral ground, but just another other Premier League grounds. I know they used to have them at like Villa Park and all around the place. Why, why couldn't they do that again? If two championship teams play off in an FA Cup semi-final, you fill Wembley Stadium. 
It's just yeah, that's a good point. It's good just point. more a Manchester side full of, you know, and it's the same as every big six club in the Premier League, full of tourist supporters or who didn't want to travel down or people from Manchester that couldn't be bothered because they've seen their club win so much before. Why would I go that far for a semi-final? I'll rock up if we make it to a final. It's just two clubs with so much glory on on each side of the draw and, and no one rocked up. The Sheffield yeah. fans showed up. Yeah, there still was fairly empty on that side as well. Like the top the top tier all the way around had no one in it. They had like banners on the Manchester City side covering the seats, Port Adelaide style, get your tops out. Oh, geez. Do you think they should just make it um, the lowest ranked side gets the gets the game at home? Because that seems like way more fun. That'd be take, fun too. I don't think they'd take, do that, but it take the Australia fun. take the Australia Cup route where if an A League side plays an MPL side, the MPL side hosts. Uh, let's quickly exactly. that's a quality, bro. Let's quickly do some leads because they lost to Fulham on the weekend, two one. They've oh, um, Bamford missed an absolute sitter this morning in the 90th minute that would have got a win against Leicester. Um, what's going on, Tommy? That two one loss to Fulham on the weekend was. Uh, grim. Mm. Yes, I think uh, that. Yeah, we couldn't say anything other than this game sucks. All of the players, you know, both sides contributed to how much this game sucked. It was an awful that game. Was, oh, that was one of the most deplorable forty-five minutes I've seen this season. And it didn't get any better after that because Melier decided to make two identical mistakes and gift Fulham a couple of goals. And you know, this listless leads do nothing when they're behind and it was just, it was game over after one nil. Yeah. It looked that way. Um, Fulham probably could have gone on with them. I didn't see any way Leeds were going to score and then they did end up snatching one, but their yeah, own goal. <laughs> and then when Fulham, for whatever reason, Fulham decided to kind of sit and let Leeds have it a bit more in the last 10 minutes or so. And in stoppage time and Leeds still didn't look too dangerous. They're just spurning, just long balls to nobody through gaps that no one was even making a run for. And there was a a couple of times they did it and then they panned to the Leeds crowd and there were so many guys in the away end just standing there with their hands on the air in the air like, what the <laughs> fuck? What 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 the fuck are you doing? So Well, this is nothing like where we're used to being treated to. Like this is Gracia's boring contemplative football. You know, it's just like unimaginative subs, doesn't do anything to try and go after a football game you know two years ago it's everything that we mocked as like a fan base and what we believed in and now all of a sudden we're this and you know you roll into the game this morning against Leicester where we go one nil up and we get a couple of really fortunate offsides on our you know to our call um they had two good goals ruled out they were offside but they were two good goals ruled out and then yeah Bamford get presented with this chance on that 89th minute to put some just breathing space between us and the, the, the bottom three and even Leicester and Everton. And he just fluffs it, completely fluffs it. Where to for Bamford from here? Does he stay at Leeds for another year? Is he? If we get relegated, he does. Yeah. Has, his time has run its course there, surely. It's such a shame, though, because that first season he comes up, he scores 17 goals and he gets an England call up. And then he gets fucked up by injury for a year and he's back and he's he's now in a different kind of team that isn't playing well. No. And he's not the kind of guy to like, he's not like a Rafinha Sinistera type where you can just 
they can do something off their own boot. Like he needs good player around him to score. Yeah. It sounds like a stupid thing, but you know, there's a lot of strikers out there. No, that I agree. Good teams. He um and he also looks like a massive confidence guy. And um, once it once it's down, he finds himself in a hole for long periods of time. Um Villa drew with Brentford one all. No interest from any of us there, I don't think. It's just mid-table stuff going on. Palace Everton was nil-nil. And from all reports... Apparently, yes. The worst game ever. One of the worst games in football history. Um, Leicester beat Wolves 2-1. So that's four points for them in a few days, which heatens it up even more down there. And then finally, Liverpool 3, Nottingham Forest 2, Cooper yeah, the, the odd goal in five to get a win. Yeah, nice to, nice to win a game. But fuck me, uh, we just like, I don't know, man. Couldn't hold a lead. Didn't hold a lead for longer than fifteen minutes. I don't know when we scored the third goal, and we just conceded some proper shit, <laughs> like fucking inability to clear the ball off a corner and we let fucking Nico Williams score, who was the biggest piss take of a live player in a Liverpool side that had no one. Nico Williams was the the meme alongside Nat Phillips that season when Virgin and Canate and Matip all got injured and we had those two fucking losers out on the right side for us and now he's taken leads away from us. Um, nah. Nice to see Diogo Jota back in some goal-scoring form though. Four, four goals in his last two. Oh yeah, Leeds played him back in some form. Good to see. Thanks for that. Yeah, good to see. <laughs> Now, nice to have, nice to have a, you know, it sounds weird saying attacking depth, but our more prominent attacking choices back from injury with Jota and Diaz, and mm. you know, I just I think that's fair. Finish the season a little bit, a little bit stronger, and and just come back and see where we're at next season now. Well, Jota's performance in this game was excellent. Like he looks red hot, and like a a, a really fit and firing Jota is devastating. That those patches that he hit last season when he uh, when he joined was just they were unreal. He can be a proper elite footballer. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, love him. I just, yeah, a bit of form back in him and, and Diaz and a little bit more confidence in Darwin. And I don't know, I'm, I'm tentative to say the sky's the limit, but I mean, it's it's no worse than what we've had at the top of the tree before. So it'd be nice to see how they go next season. I think we've, um, I don't know about you guys, I've been in the camp all along this year that I would still very fearful of a Liverpool side next season. You know, if you get everyone in, less less injuries, um, maybe just write this season off. You know, they've been playing in all competitions um, available to them for a few seasons in a row now. With and Jurgen isn't the most uh, rotating rotating manager in the world. He loves to stick to his eleven no matter what the game is. So. Um, I don't know, another season maybe, uh, freshen up with the off-season, no World Cup or anything like that to get in the way, and who knows? Yeah, well, I hope so. I mean, someone's got to challenge City. I don't want to watch a, a Premier League season next year where City will win the league by 30 points, so so hopefully someone can back it up. Arsenal? Nah, just kidding. Uh, it definitely oh, it won't be. be. It definitely won't be Spurs. Will it? Um, Spurs lost 6-1 to Newcastle. I don't know if you boys watched this one. I was flicking between both the Sunday night games, West Ham 4, Bournemouth nil. the other one. But, wowee, I put Spurs uh, in my multi. I don't, I don't like talking about gambling on here, but Spurs were $4-something, and I thought, you know, they're not 
they're not that bad, are they? Like, they still have Son and they have Kane and they have Kulisevsky and they just got ripped apart and they were five down in 20 minutes. Oliver's remarkable, eh? Oliver Skip would be a shit footballer in a relegation side in the Premier League and he starts every fucking week for Tottenham and I cannot wrap my head around it. I do not think he's good. He would not get into the fat American fucking midfield down at Ellen Road and he starts every game for a side (laughs) that's supposed to contest for the Champions League. Like, what the fuck? And I have personally, and I don't know if you've been in agreement, ragged on Hugo Lloris so much, but your career has got to be over when you concede five goals to Newcastle in 20 minutes and get dragged at halftime for Fraser fucking Forster. He ran out there and looked like the dopiest motherfucker to ever walk on a football pitch, Fraser Forster. Well, if you just shit on Fraser Forster, then for no reason... No, explain yourself. Well, he's gone bang. My favourite part of that is, like, I can't even disagree with the Leeds part. It's like, nah, he wouldn't yeah. get in the game. We I'm we just, suck, man. <laughs> I'm just upset at what, what did Fraser Forster do to get on the firing line here? He's been a very good, consistent uh, Premier League keeper for a long time. Yeah, and now he's sat behind Hugo Lloris, who should not be starting games in this competition for a okay, side that should be in Fraser's the top six. Fault, is it? Jeez. Wow, that was maybe really... he's not he's not good enough to reserve him, man. What was it? One all after no, they lost one nil with Forster on the pitch. No, it would have been mate. one all because Kane scored. One all, Kane scored. Yeah, it's in the first half, half, Kane scored, didn't he? No, second half start off. No, okay, so one all. There you go. It was a, a nice goal even better. One. Nice goal from Kane. I just wonder how you feel about that, Sammy Harry. Kane. Oh, it was a good goal stat, from this absolute stat, weak dog. That padding while the. When the game's over, when the chips were down, I don't Harry, know. If... Harry was nowhere to be seen. All right, I don't know if we call this goal stat padding because he's <laughs> gone a on goal. a great. He's gone on a great run and beaten the defender and tucked it away, which we know he can do. He just spends so much of the time of his time as a front runner. Um, he went really close in the first half as well when it was two nil or three nil, and it yeah, just whistled past the post. That yeah. could have that could have changed things a little bit. Um, I just like teeing off on him because. It's just fun to, but um, in reality, look at that midfield and what they were giving him. You had Skip in there. Saar got dragged after how long? 23 oh, minutes. 23 it minutes. for Puppet Saar to get dragged, and he got dragged for Davinson Sanchez, who is... Uh, the guy that got dragged last week. Last week. Awful. That was, that's the um, funniest bit about it. It went full cycle. <laughs> he wasn't good enough to last a half last week, but he was good enough to come on in the first half this yeah. week. And then... The funniest part even after that is they're 6-1 down and, what, there's been no goal for... When was the last goal scored? 60-odd minutes. Okay, 60-odd minutes. That makes it 6-1. And still, Richarlison doesn't get on until the 83rd minute. I can't I can't work this out. I was going to bring up this up myself. I know Son and Kane are almost immovable objects and, and I rate Dayan Kulisevsky highly, but how does Richarlison keep finding less than 10 minutes of football in this team? Maybe know, he just sucks. Well, I don't think he does. I just I know they've brought this guy in to, to score goals or whatever, and we can have a laugh, and he's been unlucky on a few occasions, and yeah, he should have scored some. But I just feel like they are so much better when he's on the pitch. And I don't know if that's just purely because he brings them an energy that no one else in the side really has. Like Son on his on his best. I, I feel like I don't want to do Son like this, but I very much feel like he is one of those players that's only majorly effective in a very good team again like when Spurs are up and about Son scoring goals but just I just 
Richarlison, like I said the other week, I felt like he came on and changed that game a little bit for him. And I just, you spend all this money on him and he's there and you're fucking five goals down. Surely you're giving him half an hour. So you yeah. can make it I mean, half respectable. If you make the argument that way and say, yeah, you've spent all this money on him, you may as well give him minutes to see what he can do. Um, but I just think at this point, maybe he just doesn't have it. I just, I've, I used to be a big fan. I, the longer his career has gone, the more I just think he's a petulant little baby who uh, isn't willing to work hard enough to make his career work. The biggest victim he, in Yeah, go on. No, you finish your point. Finish your oh, point. I was just going to say, I think he just, there's this entitlement about him that he thinks he is an insanely good football that should be respected by everyone and looked up to. And he just, you have to show it first. You can't, you're not just going to get it. He has talent, but we just don't see it. Do you think there's you like a, a window here that every time they bring him on, every time they have this season, they've stayed in this 4-3-3. He's never played next to Harry Kane. And that might be an, an answer and a, a thing that they could look at. But every time he comes on, Harry Kane drops into an attacking midfield role and Richarlison plays in front of him. And they've got a flat midfield three Spurs with not a, a not a player that has really an attacking bone in their body. Hoiberg, you know, he can get no. forward, hit a hit a ball and pass, but they don't really have an attacking midfielder in there. You know, in the situation they're in, do you try Richarlison and Kane together, or do you start a game with Kane in the ten and Richarlison in front of him and just see what happens? Like, what do you have to lose at this point? I would be tempted to because I think you also need Harry Kane. Also needs to. Partly his fault, but also partly his managers. You need to find a way to get him on the ball and get him involved in the game. And if that means he drops into to be a 10, which I think he probably could do, you know, um, like I think so many players these days are much more adaptive like that. Um, there's no reason why Harry Kane shouldn't as well. Wayne Rooney made a career out of it in the end when he was no longer good enough to score bulk goals as a number nine. Uh, and they would play him as a winger or they could play him as a 10. He finished his career at centre midfield. He wasn't a great centre midfielder, but he was still a, a pretty handy 10 because he was just a, just a smart, talented footballer who knows mm. the game. And Harry Kane surely can do this. And when you need someone, if you're looking at this, you're looking at this squad and you're looking for someone to step up and show a bit of fucking, a bit of prick or a bit of fight, surely it's Harry Kane. Harry Kane has to be that guy. And it's no good if he's just going to be standing around on the last defender while his team get whooped fucking, you know, goals going in for fun at the other end. Yeah, but does he have that dog in him? I don't think that he does, Harry Kane. No, I don't think he does, which is why... Where's, um, that doesn't come know. from nowhere, like though. You can't just, like, go out and start slapping people. They won't take you seriously. No. no but the best part of... Oh, yeah, go on. Is it less about this fearless leader stuff with him and more about a bit of sacrifice like how long do you want to go on scoring 25 goals a season in an yeah. utterly dog shit football team or would you rather score 15 and win some fucking games like when does it when yeah. does it become about Tottenham and not about Harry Kane I, that's what I, I feel like he could be better used by them and do a different job that would get them more team success um mm. this yeah, that was the, cool. this was a point I made about him the other week when you, you see him he has these games where he he comes back and he himself says he's not at 100% fitness, but they pick him anyway. And it's just like, why? You're just letting your team down just so you can go out there and scab a penalty if you get one, you know? Like, the guy's an unreal finisher and his record speaks for itself. He's one of the 
the all-time great Premier League strikers. But you're just looking for a bit more from him. And I think in a team, you know, if you're looking at like Arsenal, it's the obvious answer for me as an Arsenal fan, but you look at Arsenal back in the day, when there's 10 guys out there playing dog shit, you could always rely on Thierry Henry to do something, to grab the game by the balls or something and step up. Admittedly, they had a few other players in there that you could probably turn to as well. But, um, you know, just something like that from Harry. Drop him in there. Get him on the ball. Because he is there. Is he their captain or is Laurie's captain? Laurie's is Lloris, captain. I imagine, was captain. Still but is, yeah. Kane, like we saw in the um, Amazon documentary with Spurs, that Kane is doing a lot of that leadership stuff. We just don't see it on the park. And, you know, I'd love to see him just fucking take one for the team, drop a bit deeper, get on the ball. Um but that also has to come from a manager too. Yeah, someone brave enough to be able to move him in there and actually deploy, you know, a team around that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I think I think we will see his loyalties really tested this uh, off season because by all reports he's got so. like a, he's got like a three hundred thousand pound a week move to Man United lined up, and if he went to Man United, by all means, I think we should, you know, throw Harry Kane to the wolves because fuck him if he does that. <laughs> I'm also intrigued to see a United team with uh, a decent number nine, though. As much as I hate him, like there's the the footballing aspect in me wants to see wants to see that. But you Do you, would you rather Man United or Man City win the league next season? City. Neither. Neither would be nice, but definitely City. City. That wasn't the question, it, was it, Cooper? If you gave <laughs> if you gave the red side of Manchester Harry Kane. Yeah, they're, that's they're almost there. They're almost there. Yeah, maybe a few other few other big holes for them to fix up. Um, I think we need. A, I just want to circle back. I, we've done. We haven't done Newcastle any justice there at all. We just mm. shot all over Tottenham that whole time. But we do need to talk about how brilliant Newcastle were because they just put their foot on the throat and did not take it off that entire first half. I loved it. I think that's just an insane performance. It's. You know, maybe it leans a little bit towards like every shot goes in. You know, it's one of those great games. Murphy yeah, scores a great goal. How often does but it happen you, though? That's it. And like when you're in the mood, why not take the shots on? Like it, I had a feeling um, Isaac's second goal was the same thing. Just everyone was, whatever they touched, whatever they shot was going to go in. But there were some bangers in this game, but none more for me than uh, Willick's assist for the fourth goal for Isaac's first. Outside of the foot. Beautiful, dude. Pumping as ball. good an assist as you'll see anywhere in the world. That was gorgeous. Yeah. He just can't decide whether he wants to be a consistently good professional footballer, can he? Because he <laughs> does some absolutely fucking wild things on the football pitch, but then he does some just, some just absolute garbage honking shit too. Makes just, you want to send him back to West Brom. There's so many players like that in this Newcastle team, and like we've said before, when it clicks, it clicks with them. Like. Jacob Murphy scored his second goal of the game in the ninth minute, and no one in the world was more surprised than Jacob Murphy. The look on his face, that <laughs> on Twitter mouth wide open, like, what the fuck? Like, I just, yeah. Alexander, I, we said it the other week, how good is Alexander Isak? He's probably at a point where he's not too good for this Newcastle side because of how good they are, but he's a phenomenal player. It's a brilliant, I think I said it last week, it's a brilliant piece of recruiting because it would have been very easy for Newcastle to ha- uh, set their eyes a bit higher. You know, uh, like sign like Rubinho. Remember when City first got yeah, their money? Yeah. And like like sign an, an already established 
number nine who is almost guaranteed, well, not always guaranteed, but who they would you would perceive to be guaranteed goals. Instead, they've gone for the younger player who's you know turned it on in a maybe a lesser league or a, a different kind of league, uh, but certainly at a maybe a you know not a Champions League club or anything like that. Um, but they they picked him out. They paid the money. Um, it would have cost them more. Uh, it would have been the easy option to pay like double for an already established gun striker. Yeah, completely agree. Um, this is, you know, he scored a double in this game. Isak's up to 10 goals for the season now. And this is, I feel like what we just spoke about with Harry Kane, you know, this Newcastle striker who we're plauding about how brilliant he's been this season only has 10 goals in we're now, what, 32 games into the Premier League season. Like, I know he's only played 15, 20-odd, but he does so much more for this team than just score goals, and they just link so well, and, and every player in this team can assist a goal or score a goal, and I think they're just so difficult to defend and stop because they're so dynamic from so different direct, so many different directions. Yeah. yeah, they've figured it out, haven't they, since that, that period we were complaining and then complaining about them being too defensive and you know not having enough attacking outlets. Isak is now shaping up to be one of those all-time great Premier League strikers if he can maintain this thing for the next few seasons. I think their um their their backline is worth a shout out here as well. They kind of go under the radar, but they've have they conceded the least amount of goals in the league this year, Newcastle? Uh-huh. It's probably they a have, good guess. They, they I have think tw- they have. They've conceded 25. Um, City have conceded 28. Um, that back line as well, you know, they, they brought Trippier in a little while ago. But that's... that's pretty, what oh, a they, signing. They, they got Botman, sorry. They got yep. Botman in. Um, but, you know, you're talking Kieran Trippier, Sven Botman, um, Fabian Scher, and then the one that we picked in our fantasy team as like a like a bench player, Dan Byrne. Who's ended up outscoring everyone else that we picked. <laughs> Pretty much. I know, the most unsuited left back you could ever imagine, but it just does a job so well in this lineup. It's the centre-back partnership. It's Fabian Schaard, Sven Volpen. Uh, they're, they've just picked two guys that complement each other so well and they understand each other's game. Bowman has been a, a perfect signing. Mm-hmm. Has been a, a huge signing. I think that's been understated so far. He would be in the running for like, you know, PFA Team of the Year and stuff like that, though. You, yeah. Uh, do you think so? Yeah, probably. I reckon he would be. be. Yeah, He'd have to be. I think a yeah. few of these players maybe now. Um, the other game of the round, West Ham beat Bournemouth four uh, nil. I don't know if either of you saw this one because I think most people had their eyes on the Spurs game, but. I was kind of flicking back and forth. Um, it was a, a similar kind of scenario for West Ham. Everything they touched was just working for them, especially in that first 20 minutes or so. Uh, they found themselves 2-0 up pretty early, grabbed a third before half time. game done, went away with 4-0 and three points. That probably They look like they're pretty well. They're not going to go down now, are they? Well, the only thing is the distractions that they have because they're still in Europe. And so it didn't. It, then it becomes. There was a really classic example. I think it was Middlesbrough, maybe 15, 20 years ago, where they focused on a cup competition and ended up sending themselves down. 
And, you know, you don't want to get in that kind of situation. I think they've got like four games in 11 days or something. And yeah. that's that's definitely going to take its toll. Yeah. I just uh, I, I just still can't see those teams below them earning enough points. Yeah, I don't. To get ahead I, of them, that's all. I, I'm with that, you there. I don't see any of those bottom three sides finding six points in the last, seven, last six games of this season. Well, that's got I the think, points in the bag. I think West Ham's the... Um, um, the exclusionary one because they still have to play Liverpool tomorrow morning, uh, Thursday morning. They've got to play City. They've got to play United. And then they come up against Leeds and Leicester before they play uh, Spurs right at the end. Six points there. Nine points. Yeah, <laughs> six points there. But if you've got two teams that are absolutely scrapping and you get yourself embroiled in this you know, classic relegation type fight, um, going away to Leicester might be a really difficult game. And who knows what Leeds can throw out on their day. So, and they've interserved that with like the RZ uh, semi final in the Conference League. That's a really dangerous period for them coming off of, you know, a run where they might not pick up any points in the next four. So, I wouldn't count West Ham out of it just yet. Very good. Um, I reckon that's all I've got this week. I don't know if you guys have anything else. We didn't really mention the other FA Cup semi final, but it was a nil all that United beat Brighton in. But, yeah. It's a thing. Who cares? Sound like it sucked. And it happened. Con- congratulations. Um, you are the next sacrifice on City's way to the treble. So an all mank. Uh, for- oh, here we go. Here we go. He picked it up. What, he no, got yeah. Earlier you were talking up Arsenal winning the league and now you said City winning a treble. Well, yeah. if if they're going to do it, this is the way that they're going to do it. They're going to beat Man United and they're going to win the Champions League and, you know, they're probably going to beat Arsenal tomorrow. Let's see what happens. Wouldn't you mm. fucking love to see them finish with nothing? Oh, beautiful. Wouldn't that be all? Oh, that's it. I'll take Leeds going down to see that. All right. We'll wrap it there. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. Uh, enjoy. 